Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Sunday morning edition of the Lombardi Line, presented as always by BetMGM, alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, coming to you from New Jersey. I'm Stormy Bonatoni, live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, however you found us, wherever you're watching or listening, glad that you are. And we're just hoping that wherever you're watching, listening from, your weather conditions are better than what we have out there at the Open Championship <laughs> right now. Michael, it is rough oh sledding out there for the British. Yeah, it, it isn't easy. I mean, look, it's uh, rain's coming down in buckets and, you know, it's going to be a challenge all day long. We got six. We have six players tied for second place at minus six, which is you know pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and when you look at it, Harmon's at minus eleven. He bogeyed the second hole, so you know anything can happen, especially the way this weather is. And one bounce into those pot bunkers, Stormy, and you know it could end pretty quickly here for you. Yeah, Brian Harmon bogeyed two, as you mentioned. Cameron Young bogeyed the opening hole of the day. I imagine we're going to see plenty of that. But for for Brian Harmon, who came into this thing uh, round four, twelve under, no player ever has gone on to lose the British having a five-stroke lead or more going into this final round, which is what Brian Harmon had. But given the conditions, given some of these players we see searching, um, John Rahm, we know yesterday had a historic round. Rory McIlroy working his way up the leaderboard early um, as as he was one of the earlier players to tee off. Like This actually might get a little bit more competitive than it looked like on the surface coming into today. Yeah, with the wind blowing, the rain, all those things coming down. I mean, listening to the NBC broadcast before we came on the air today, Azinger was talking about one of the, the things that gets to Harmon is he stays outside of the moment, right? So he starts thinking about the end before hitting the next shot, and he's got noise that bothers him, and he doesn't stay in the present. He's going to really need to do that today. I mean, this is really about the next shot. It's not about playing 18 holes. It's about the next shot. 
about getting from one shot to the next shot and staying in the moment. And this is going to require a lot of mental toughness, no question. We don't think golfers have mental toughness because, you know, look, we everybody plays it recreationally on weekends, but it requires mental toughness to stay within the focus frame, especially at, when one of these tournaments, when the weather conditions are so severe. That's one of the things football teams have to handle. It's why you really want to be able to to – condition your team through adversity because when it is cold and snowy like in Buffalo last year for the Bengals you're able to rise to the challenge Michael if we're being honest those of us who actually do play golf recreationally should have that much more respect for the mental toughness that comes from PGA players because yeah. we're all crazy all of us want to break our clubs and throw it into the like we're, <laughs> we know like I overreact to everything and by the way I cannot be helped I feel so bad for anybody that tries to golf with me and give me tips because I always just come back with I'm sorry when's the last time you were on the PGA you shoot just as yeah, bad as yeah. I do I don't need your tips right now okay well, yeah, I mean, you're uncoachable, that Stormy. I, know. I didn't realize you'd be golf. uncoachable. I, you know, Just with I golf. Th- I, didn't pic- <laughs> I didn't picture you for an uncoachable player. I mean, my Lord. Okay. Michael. All right. Ky- I promise. Ky- Kyrie Irving. I got you. All right. We're going to start calling you Kyrie over here. No, every other walk of life, I promise you I am better. On the golf course, I cannot be talked to. I've just, I've got to be honest with you. But hey, for, for Brian Harmon here, it has been six years and 77 days since his last win on the PGA tour 2017 the wells fargo championship if he wins it'll be the fourth longest winless drought in pga tour history snapped by a first major win so we'll see ultimately if he can get it done. i really yeah. am i'm rooting for him i mean mcelroy's in second place at six under mm-hmm. you know and he's playing well today and you know it's going to take Harmon's going to have to make some mistakes but you know look you got to give rory credit he's battling he's won here before and, you know, that's got to get him some sense of confidence going down the stretch. Yeah, and he's hungry, obviously, to um, to remove a drought of his own nine years since he's won a major championship. We'll talk plenty more Open Championship throughout the course of the show. We'll keep tabs on it as major things happen here. Uh, Dave Ross, host of The Handle, that the show that comes on right after us here on the Lombardi Line. He'll join us for our final segment of the day. Not only talk Open Championship, but some NFL futures as well. Same thing with Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. Both of them coming up in hour two. But also really looking forward to a good discussion with Aaron Ladd coming up in about 30 minutes of KSHB 41 sports anchor in Kansas City. Given the news of what's going on with their star defensive lineman with the Chiefs, Chris Jones, the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, open training camp over the weekend. But just like mandatory minicamp, they were without Chris Jones. ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting Jones and the Chiefs remain, quote, far apart on a potential contract extension. And it's no secret, Michael, how important he is for this Chiefs defense. Um, I'm curious, as someone who's been a part of negotiations like this, when you hear the words far apart, like, is that an exaggeration? And this is something that's going to get done in the next couple of days? Or how long do you foresee this going on for? No, I don't think when you're far apart, it's not. I think what Chris Jones is probably saying to the Kansas City Chiefs is, I am the second best defensive player inside in the league he probably might be saying he's the best mm-hmm. i had 15 and a half sacks last year yeah. i had 41 hurries i knocked the quarterback down 18 times right so you know I- i'm doing all these things from the inside tackle position much like aaron aaron donald of there so i need to be closer to him and mm-hmm. that's a fairly good argument and the chief's counter to that is look you signed a contract we have you under contract so every time we redo a contract, we haven't redone Mahomes' contract, okay? Mm-hmm. 
even though we've seen Watson, Russell Wilson, we've seen all these players jump over Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, right? Mm-hmm. So if they go down the Chris Jones road, how do they then tell Mahomes they don't go down his road, right? See, this is what no one considers is A to B then creates C, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you go down this road and you make amends to Jones, who deserves a new contract, Mahomes does too. So what do you do at that point, Stormy? Yeah, he, so he's entering just like for anyone out there who doesn't know, he's entering the final year of what was a four-year $80 million contract. He's set to earn $19.5 million in base salary in 2023 per over the cap, no guaranteed money remaining on where his deal is right now and obviously set to become a free agent next season. What what I noticed about the Chiefs, and it's been a credit to their success the last handful of years, is that they're able to get guys like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and these players to take more team-friendly deals so that they can get more players around them, have success, and look at they've won a couple of Super Bowls because of it. But now you have a player who, to his credit, I mean, the longevity of a interior defensive lineman is not the same of Patrick Mahomes who wants to play until he's 40, right? So he wants to get paid now, which makes a ton of sense. He, to your point, probably wants to make closer to that Aaron Donald type money versus the team friendly type of money. And that's why I think the far apart comes from is that the Chiefs are in a situation where they're almost used to players making concessions because they're competitive and because they win versus paying their guys. I mean, look at Tyreek Hill last year. They, uh, you know, they, he's somebody who wanted to get paid. They said, we're not willing to do that. And, but I just don't think Chris Jones is as replaceable as a Tyreek Hill is because you have the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid situation on that side of the ball where they're going to take care of themselves. On defense, you don't really have that as much. No, you really don't, and he's the cornerstone. I mean, when you can get a defensive tackle who's got great length, right, who's, you know, 6'5", 6'6", arm length, hard to throw the ball over. Remember, Garoppolo is going to complete the pass. Mm -hmm. In Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl they win – He's going to complete it, except Chris Jones's hands are up there and he bats the ball down yeah. because he got pushed into the pocket. I mean, those are the plays that you don't really tally up. Look, I, I, I would defend Chris Jones. I think there's deeper implications in redoing the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're Chris Jones, you're sitting there saying either I come to camp and next year you're going to franchise me. And then we're going to have to move forward because you're going to have to do something with the cap when it comes to that number. Now, the reality of it is, is, is what you said. There's no replacing them. I think if, if this were a replaceable part, they would. But, you know, they haven't done it with Kelsey. They haven't done it with Mahomes. I don't think they can do it with Jones. There's certain guys that you can't replace. You know, they did it with Tyreek Hill to a degree, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's going to sustain itself. Yeah, and they're still looking to to be fair on offense, right? Because no more Juju Smith-Schuster. You have MVS and Travis Kelsey, but these young wide receivers, Sky Moore and the like, that you're trying to figure out who's ultimately going to be able to to step up and make the pass game dynamic yeah. from that standpoint. And obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, like I said. So you, more than likely you feel like you're going to be able to have success in that spot, but filling those holes certainly What you said about Chris Jones and his playmaking ability, I remember all too well as a 49ers fan, that batted pass and him single-handedly freaking out Jimmy Garofalo in the fourth quarter when they're up 10 points. And even last year when um, it it felt inevitable that the Bengals were going to march down the field 
and and win that game. I feel like they don't get to Super Bowl 57 without the playmaking ability of Chris Jones in that spot. It's the plays that maybe go unnoticed in a lot of areas that make him worth the money in those big spots. It's not just the flashy 15 and a half sacks. There's a lot more to it. But when you get an inside rusher that can dominate like that, when you get a true one of the you know one of the fallacies of the league, and I one of the myths in the National Football League, and I wrote about this, is a number one receiver, right? There's very few number one true great receive number one guys that can are disruptive. The other myth in the NFL is having this great three technique. Like there's just not a lot of great three techniques. I mean, Payne got paid a lot of money. He doesn't rush the passer, right? He's a good player. Deron Payne's a good player, but he doesn't rush the passer. Dexter Lawrence, you know, was third in the league in quarterback hits last year. He got paid. It's hard to find three techniques like Aaron Donald or Chris Jones, and when you find them, they become really important to your defense. I mean, just think about Seattle. As good as Seattle was a couple, you know, in 14, 13 when they won the Super Bowl, they, they not replacing Michael Bennett has been hard for them. Chiefs looking to see if they can repeat as Super Bowl winners. Their win total set at 11 and a half. Chris Jones, sack total, 10 and three-quarter sacks. Even money to the over, minus 120 to the under. When we come back on the Lombardi line, there are a lot of disgruntled running backs who continue to be disgruntled. And Aaron Rodgers in the Jets' honeymoon phase is in full effect, ladies and gentlemen. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? Drive too fast and you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing because one way or another, speeding catches up to you. Paid for by NHTSA. This is the Lombardi Line on a Sunday. We have talked a lot over the past couple of weeks 
about disgruntled running backs, and it appears they are unionizing. No, just kidding. Well, kind of. So (laughs) for anyone who might have missed this over the past week, what started as kind of a social media endeavor turned into a group chat with a lot of these top tier running backs in the national football league that then turned in to a zoom call yesterday organized by chargers running back Austin Eckler. And according to PFT, the NFLPA was even involved in some capacity in this trying to work through how they can improve the market value disappearing essentially for their position. Michael, I'm curious, like if you're on this call, what's the advice that you would be giving these players at this point? Well, I think there's a lot of misinformation on this call, right? So if you go back, I want to say if you go to 2015 to now, right, there's been over 20 running backs who have had their contracts redone. Now, understanding the cap has been gone up, right? And when you go through every single one of those contracts, really there's only been five of those guys that have been able to stay through the second contract. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in an analytical world, right? So we have these analytics and we look at it. And, you know, 10 guys were released after their second year, right? So, you know, six guys were asked to take pay cuts. The contracts didn't hold up. And so one guy was traded. So I I think what you're seeing is, you know, this this idea, this public perception doesn't meet the reality. The second contract guys that have that have fulfilled it, when you look at it, I mean, James Conner, he kept his deal last year because he had a guaranteed contract. They weren't going to cut him. He's coming off an injury. They couldn't cut him, right? Nick Chubb, certainly they wouldn't cut Nick Chubb. He deserves it, right? Alvin Kamara's in his last year of his contract. He's been a very good player. He's been hurt. Eckler's a guy. He had to take the pay cut, right? And then Derrick Henry's the guy that's been able to fulfill in spite of all the carries. So I I think really what's happened here is there's a lot of misinformation and teams that are looking at the data. And look, I believe Dalvin – I would sign Dalvin Cook. But if someone put this data on my desk as a general manager and said, look, the probability of him fulfilling a second contract is very small, I would be really concerned because it's my instincts say to sign him, but for every Alvin Kamara who goes through it, there's a D'Amico Ryan, Demi, I mean, DeMarco Murray. Yeah. There's a, you know, Chris Ivory. There's a Doug Martin. You know, there's a Lamar Miller. There's a Devontae Freeman, right? There's also a Zeke Elliott. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about Todd Gurley? Remember that deal? He got a big deal. How about David Johnson got a big deal? Le'Veon Bell. Right. So I, I, I think to me, this is really about, it's it's it it can't be defined by a group. It's by an individual. Yeah, and I f- I feel like the Zeke one is always the most glaring from a, a fan standpoint, and it's an easy sell to understand. And then you have the Isaiah Pacheco's of the world, right, who step in and are lower drafted pick that are able to go on and do what he's able to do. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey, after he got paid, he dealt with a slew of injuries, wasn't playing well. Two years. Um, Yeah, exactly. Obviously, we see what he's doing now with the 49ers, and you're like, oh, okay, but see, he's back, and he's he's worthwhile, and he absolutely is. But when he left Carolina, Carolina's run game actually improved after he left. So it's it's true. It did, Stormy. You're completely correct. I mean, because he was the focal point of their run game, and he's not a focal point run game guy. He's a luxury piece, really good luxury piece. But in San Francisco, he can become a jack-of-all-trades, 
and he doesn't have to carry their offense. He supplements. He's a luxury item. You know, he's the marble to in the bathroom, right? I mean, he's just incredible, and he enhances it. But in, a, in, a, in Carolina, they couldn't run power. They couldn't car- he couldn't carry the thing the 20 times. So they go with Dante Foreman, and they go with, you know, they, they go with Chubba Hubbard. Look, I, I think there was a moment in Matt Rule's administration in Carolina where they thought long and hard about should they even sign him to this contract. I think they thought long and hard about because were they going to be able to get it back? I think that's always the concern. Look, I, I, I like Saquon Barkley. I think he's mm-hmm. really good. I love Josh Jacobs. I think Jacobs is better than Barkley. Yeah. But I think if they sign contracts, if you sign Josh Jacobs to a five-year deal, the probability of him getting to the fifth year and you feeling that you're getting value is not there. It's the same thing with Barkley. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just what it is. Yeah, even Devontae Adams this past Friday talking about how much Josh Jacobs means to their offense. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot behind him in that offense either. Zamir White, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden last year combined for around 160 yards and no touchdowns. So he's very, very important to what they want to do on offense. Yeah. And we, we know the importance of Saquon, obviously, as well. So we'll see down the line if these numbers are able to change. If I don't know what the role of the NFLPA is going to be in this, if they can have progress. But it'll be something I mean, interesting you know, to track for sure. I mean, it's the law of supply and demands. I I don't understand why people can't grasp this. There's too many backs. There's too many pieces. You know, it's like we we can get by. And as long as the the only way to stop this is really at the border. Mm -hmm. It's it's at the the distribution center, right? It's we're no longer going to no nobody's playing running back in college football, right? I mean, that's the only way to stop it because the supply of runners coming in. Is, is why the market's saturated. Well, let's turn our attention to the New York Jets here now, Michael. Aaron Rodgers was mm-hmm. asked this week about how long he plans to play for the team, responded by saying he understands the Jets gave up a lot for him and it would be a disservice for them to only have him play one year. Head coach Robert Sala also said he would be shocked if Rodgers didn't play, if, if he pulled a one-and-done type of a situation. Are, are you bought into the level of commitment that we are outwardly seeing from Aaron Rodgers and the Jets organization right now? Because he seems revitalized, re-energized, mm-hmm. like everything about him looks and feels different. Are you buying into all of this right now? I, I've never seen, I mean, Rodgers seems like a new guy. He's happy. I, I, I looked yesterday at the at the fans at the Jets practice. I think they had over 2,000 people there yesterday, which is a lot for the Jets. You know, New Yorkers are a little bit, you know, they're not going to go watch something that isn't real, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it isn't like the, the Green Bay where they get a zillion people every single day. I was impressed, and I was impressed with his demeanor, his enthusiasm that he's showing. And look, we know this. The reason he's going to play more than one year is because he's got to get paid. He's not getting paid this year, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody, he's not getting any, I mean, he's getting paid next year. I, I mean, I'm looking at their salary cap. I mean, he's he's not even on the top 10 players on their cap. You know, when you go through it, he's not even on the top 10 players. So he's going to get his money and he's got to play to get his money. He's conceded a lot to make this work for him. You talk about the the look and the feel being different than anything you've ever seen. I even thought that the minute he walked into training camp clean cut with the black V-neck on instead of 
the like long hair and the man bun and all of the stuff that we have are got accustomed to seeing the last couple of years in Green Bay. But I mean, we have the soundbite pulled up. Listen to the way that he's talking about the youth and the future of this team. Yeah, it's energy. You know, I love being around the young, the young energy, that excitement. Um, there's, there's a great feel to this team of guys who are young and super talented on their first contract. Many of them, obviously Q just got paid, but uh, when you have so many great players and on rookie deals, it's pretty exciting knowing you can do something. You got a good window. Uh, you know, it's not just a one year thing where you can be competitive, which is fun. Michael, very different than how he was talking about some of the young talent and yeah. wide receivers he had a year ago in Green Bay. No, no question. And look, let's face it. You know, at 2024, Rogers is guaranteed $58 million. So he didn't walk away from the money. It's there. And his and his base salary is $107 million next year. That's his base. And 58 of it's guaranteed. And he'll be 41 years old. He'll carry a $58 million cap, I mean, a $107 million cap number next year. So, you know, I mean, they're going to have to do something with his contract eventually. But he's definitely coming back because I would assume if he retires, he's not going to get the 58 guaranteed. I think so as well. I am very curious. I've said it a number of times how long this honeymoon phase is really going to last, <laughs> especially given how challenging the front end of that schedule is going to be for them. But the win total for the New York Jets this season sitting at nine and a half. They're an odds on number minus 140 to make the postseason plus 250 in that tough division. And um, what is living up to the hype for this team? Is it a double digit win season? Is it the playoffs? Is it a Super Bowl We'll see if he can do what Tom Brady and Matt Stafford did in recent history, their first years, moving on to a new team, if they can get it done and win the ultimate prize. Also loved, by the way, Aaron Rodgers got the the ice, the eight diamond chain from Sauce Gardner this week, and Robert Sala showed up to the podium in an I Love Hard Knocks shirt. So... I feel like we better at least get some content out of out they're of everything. To, that's going what it tells on here. you, the listen, Salah's listening to the noise, which yep. is not a good thing. Mm, 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 mm. Well, there's plenty of noise going on in Kansas City right now as well, with Chris Jones not showing up at training camp. We'll get the latest when sports anchor at KSBH 41 and KC Aaron Ladd joins us next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With all these NFL training camps opening up, I'm getting the warm and fuzzy. So excited for the season to start, which is a great reminder, everybody, that our NFL betting guide here at VSEN is out right now. And our college football guide's coming up in just a couple of weeks. Remember, only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all of these tools to help you prep for the college and NFL seasons. We've got experts with profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on futures, season win totals, and a whole lot more. Sign up before the end of July, and you'll get both guides as well as the VEASAN Pro full access on the website all the way through the Super Bowl at our early bird discount, $175 in all or sign up for a monthly subscription. You'll get the first 30 days for just $19. See everything Beeson has to up your betting game. Remember, though, this offer ends July 31st. You don't want to miss out on these preseason deals. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's how you do it. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. 
Continuing some of our NFL talk alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. We talked at the start of the show a little bit about how star interior defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones, did not make an appearance at day one of training camp for the defending Super Bowl champs to help us break it all down, as well as the Chiefs' opportunity to potentially repeat in the Super Bowl game. We bring in Aaron Ladd, sports anchor at KSHB 41 in Kansas City. First off, how are you, my friend? And I imagine it will be better if a contract gets done for Chris Jones. I'm doing well. I appreciate you all having me on. I know when I come on this show, we're getting closer to football season, first full team practice for the Chiefs, happening right now on the fields at Missouri Western and St. Joe. We know Chris Jones probably won't be there for a little while. That's the big story now. But the Chiefs trying to do something no team has done since the Patriots. Run it back, right? It's Mm -hmm. getting harder and harder to accomplish that. Yeah, so what do fans need to know right now about this holdout? Uh, I'm, And we got the information from Adam Schefter yesterday. I don't know if it was exactly a surprise as far as Chris Jones is concerned. Uh, Chiefs fans and Chiefs Kingdom know that uh, he's wanted a new deal, and and not that his current deal is, is a bad one, but he feels like he's closer to Aaron Donald than his current contract shows. Um, Schefter's report yesterday said that the two sides were far apart on a deal my curious mind wonders, are they far apart on the guarantees or are they far apart on the annual salary? Those two different things. Uh, uh, Jones already slated to make close to $20 million entering the last year of his deal this year. I'm sure he wants something closer to 25, 28. Um, but let's see what the guarantees look like. I, I don't think that he's in fear of any missing any game time, missing week one, ring night, banner night. I still think 95 is there. He's tweeted in the past. He's a chief for life. He cheated, tweeted as recently as last month that he wants to win the Defensive Player of the Year award this year. I have no doubt that he'll be ready when it's time and the bullets will start flying, but uh, it'll be a while before he shows up to St. Joe, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would think so. Are they going to find him? First question, are they going to find him? Have you found that out, Aaron? And then secondly, how, since the Chiefs are starting so early, has Andy Reid, is he going to adjust? He typically runs a very physical training camp when you can get the pads on. Are they adjusting because they're coming in so early? The the first question about the fines is, is a big one. Now, Chris Jones not only hasn't showed up to training camp, he skipped the earlier portion of the OTA workouts as well. Wasn't present uh, for mandatory minicamp, which comes with close to a $98,000 fine. I'm just uh, scared just mentioning a number like that. <laughs> and then 50000 for each day of training camp that he would potentially miss. And those fines can't be waived under the new collective bargaining agreement. So he's racking up a pretty hefty bill, if you will, here. Obviously, he's looking at bigger numbers as far as a contract negotiation is concerned with Brett Veach. They could build in something to this new contract to possibly offset some of those fines that are already built in. But the Chiefs, their hands are kind of tied as far as the fines are concerned with Chris Jones not showing up. Now, Andy Reid adjusting his training camp. I don't know if that, that'll ever happen. He's known to have one of the toughest training camps in all of National League football. Uh, and they are coming in a little bit earlier because they're kicking off the NFL season with ring night on that Thursday night against the Detroit Lions. Andy Reid is an old school guy, but he has adjusted his ways a little bit. He's done some of the earlier phases, phase one and phase two, virtually allowing Patrick Mahomes to kind of host his own pack camp, if you will, down in Texas, where we see him working out with the wideouts. He's kind of got it up with the new school. He, he's integrated hybrid work, if you will, into what the Chiefs like to do business. Will it not be as brutal as usual? Uh, I'm not going to go fully in on that, but he's definitely changed his ways uh, since he's been in the league. Aaron Ladd, sports anchor at KSHB 41 in Kansas City, joins us now talking all things Kansas City Chiefs on the Lombardi line. And I know one of my 
additional big questions here as training camp gets underway in Kansas City is about that wide receiver room. And we know how the connection is between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, right? But with Tyreek Hill out the door a year ago, Juju Smith-Schuster no longer in that room. Is there a young guy that you really have your eye on that could take that step and, and elevate the room to be that top wide receiver? Great question. I truly believe that the Chiefs wide receiver room is the most interesting unit on the team entering this 2023 season. And because we know the one thing around Patrick Mahomes is going to be constant is change. Juju Smith-Schuster leaves. I think the one guy that you circle as far as a young guy is Sky Moore. This is a guy that they invested in in the second round last year. Didn't score his first NFL touchdown into the Super Bowl. What a time to score it. Got it when they needed it the most. But he's a guy that they're looking to take that next step. Obviously, Kadarius Tony, a guy they traded for from the New York Giants. He's played in the league. We know what he can do in space, that jitterbug ability, not only in a wideout position, but of course, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history that helped them complete that comeback over the Eagles in Arizona. Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony are going to have a lot of uh, a lot more weight on their shoulders as far as wide receivers are concerned. But very generally, when we talk Chiefs pass catchers, you got to mention Travis Kelsey. He's another consistent that'll be in that room for KC and somebody that Patrick Mahomes will lean on once again as they try to defend their Super Bowl title. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, you got to be worried about Tony staying healthy. And so they really need Rashid Rice, uh, the second round pick this Mm -hmm. year, to come through for them because, you know, Tony on paper looks great, but Tony doesn't always stay on the field. So that that that's somewhat of a concern for me. And as Stormy indicated, their receiver room. But, you know, one thing about having a great quarterback like Mahomes, he makes everybody better. Where do you see Edwards Hilaire role this year? He got beat out by Pacheco, a seventh-round pick from Rutgers. McKinnon's their nickelback, so he's going to play there. Where will Edwards Hilaire end up, and is he on the trading block? CEH is one of those names that maybe has drawn the ire of uh, Chiefs Kingdom in the past where he was drafted coming from one of the coming from one of the best programs in college football playing alongside Joe Burrow hasn't necessarily lived up to that hype I know he was inactive in the Super Bowl which led to him not showing up to the parade kind of skipping the White House some things and maybe a frosty relationship between him and the front office I do still see a real role for him Michael on this team though Isaiah Pacheco comes back as the lead back after being a seventh round draft pick last year, but had some offseason surgeries, had a hand surgery, had a labrum surgery, is still wearing the yellow non-contact jersey as the team practices right now in St. Joe. That's that opportunity that Clyde Edwards-Alaire needs to prove that if it's not even to Kansas City, maybe to other teams in the league, that I can still be a competent back and a, a real contributor on the team. I think he makes an impact in the passing game. I think he can use some of these reps where Pacheco can't be a full goal early in camp to show that he's still locked in. And he's given voice to some of that uh, through the early days of the offseason, saying he's trying to refocus, uh, has a new uh, running backs coach this year. I think he has a role. I also could see him being shopped, but he's absolutely somebody that Kansas City uh, is paying attention to entering 2023. Aaron, we know how much this team has dominated the AFC West in recent history. When you look at the division this season and the steps forward that the Chargers certainly hope to take with Justin Herbert and bringing in a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton and can he fix Russell Wilson, the expectations there. Who in your mind is the biggest competition for the Chiefs in the division in 2023? When we talk about the Chiefs trying to repeat and defend their Lombardi trophy, they say point blank. The easiest way to repeat is win your division. Mm -hmm. Those are the most important games on their schedule every year. And Patrick Mahomes even said in the Netflix quarterback series that he felt like those divisional teams play, play them the best of any teams in the National Football League because they see them so often. 
If I had to circle a team on the list, I would say the Denver Broncos. And it's because I see the talent on the field. I think last year, very talented roster, but maybe some questionable coaching decisions were made. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson was not the Russell Wilson that we were used to seeing. I think maybe a new rejuvenated play caller, somebody who gives him a fresh, uh, a different voice, if you will, than what was in the huddle last year. It, that that team is someone that I can see going from worst to first, if you will, or or, or flipping what where they were last year and making a real contribution and a run at the playoffs this year. Aaron, you know Frank Clark. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Stormy. I was just real quickly. I know we only have about a uh, 50 seconds left, but Frank Clark. Who will replace Frank Clark in their pass rush rotation? I still think Brett Veach needs to make one more move along the defensive line. Carlos Dunlap is a veteran that came in last year and made an impact. Helped win his first Lombardi trophy down in Arizona. I still think he's poked around and said that he wants to be a chief again. Wouldn't be shocked if he came back to Kansas City later in camp as we get closer to the regular season. Aaron, great stuff. Really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Great job. Appreciate y'all. Take it easy. Have fun out there at camp. That's Aaron Ladd. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Aaron Ladd with 2Ds TV. Um, do you agree with him that the Broncos would be the biggest competition in the AFC West, Michael? Uh, you know, I, I think that all three teams are going to be competition yeah. because they yeah. all know each other. I mean, look, the Raiders had a chance to beat them in Kansas City. The Chargers typically play them well. You know, it, it, I, I think all three are really close. I think all three are going to compete against one another. I think the Chiefs are obviously the best team, but we just assume it's the Broncos. But are they the same team as last year in terms of their defense is what I would, would look to. And we know the way that the Chiefs have dominated the series with the Chargers, but those games are always a field goal game. It's always tight. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all the legs of the parlay hit but one, you get your stake back in bonus bets up to 25 bucks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and up only to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. U.S. promotional offers not not available in Kansas, Mississippi, D.C., Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in select states. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Keeping tabs here on the Open Championship. Leader Brian Harmon has two bogeys on the front nine, but did get a birdie there on six to get back to 11 under. We'll see if he can hang on. Entered the day with a five-stroke lead. No player ever at the British has lost after entering the final round with a five-stroke leader, you keep jinxing them, Stormy. You keep jinxing them. I'm just saying. And Rom well, is charging. Rom yeah. is charging too. He just missed a birdie putt there. You know, I I, I don't think Rory's going to have it. You know, he just doesn't seem to be able to get it. But yeah. Rom looks like he's got it going a little bit here. So, look, Harmon made a great putt there at, at the par three. I, I missed what happened on the par five. I, I I thought he was in position to birdie that hole, but obviously he didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he made a great putt on the par three to get back to plus one on the day. Yep, John Rahm he birdied that that par five on five. He's sitting seven under so far for the tournament. But like you said, surging Brian Harmon minus two fifty to close it out today. And I wasn't jinxing him. I was just saying I would beware of the collapse <laughs> in these conditions. You never you never know what happens. I yeah, hope that he I- wins though. I think it's such a grind, right? I think it's such a grind on you mentally. I mean, every time you, you've got, you know, the, there's water on the ball, your hands, you're concerned. And, and this is an unpredictable course. When you play Lynx golf, some of the bounces you can't anticipate, you know. You could hit a great shot and hit a wrong bounce, and the next thing you know, you're in trouble. So I don't disagree with you. I, I, I'm surprised so nobody's come back because of the unpredictability of these courses. And the weather element here adds another part to the unpredictability. It certainly does. Now, Michael, here at Circa, when we talk about the Circa Millions and the mm-hmm. the Survivor Contest, the, the big thing is always like, what's the guarantee, right? Well, yeah. in the NFL this past week, there have been a lot of guarantees from players lately. We had Tyreek Hill a week ago where he's saying, I'm going to be the all-time receiving yards leader. It's going to happen this year. Now we got another one, Justin Fields guarantees he'll be the first 4,000-yard single-season passer in Bears history. He was asked on the All Things Covered podcast um, if he would be the first quarterback to do so. He said not only does he feel it'll happen, but he expects it to happen this year. What do you think about it? I, I just don't see it, Stormy. I watched a lot of tape in the last few days of Justin Fields, you know, just trying to watch him and understand you know, this notion that the last five games of the season, he played better. And and I can't find it on the tape. Look, quarterbacks are a lot like shooters in basketball. There's certain areas of the field where you have to defend and handle that they're very, very precise in terms of making the shot or making the throw. When you look at Justin Fields and you examine where he is in terms of where he throws the football, how he throws the ball, 
the areas of the field, what plays he wants to run. It, it's a limited offense now. I mean, it's a limited offense. And so it, it becomes a problem. It's not a down-the-field passing game. It's, you know, I'm watching the Buffalo game, and he's got, you know, a wide-open guy to throw a touchdown pass. Oh, that's great. But when you examine where he throws the ball and how he throws it, the accuracy, where he wants to, everything is 10 yards and under. Rarely does he want to throw the ball down the field. Rarely does he throw it to his left. You know, so as a defensive coordinator, you know you've got to play boots, you've got to play nakeds, and you've got to force him to throw the ball from the pocket. I think 4,000 yards is ambitious. I really do. And I'm not sure he could stay healthy. Look, Fields has got to stop turning the ball over and stop taking sacks before he gets to 4,000 yards. Played in 15 games a season ago, 2,242 total yards passing. His yardage prop going into 2023, 2,899 and a half, minus 110 each way. He's actually, if you, because of all of the running back drama that's been going on, our wonderful producer, Elliot Bowman, was looking at some of the division by division props of who would be the rushing leader in each one of those divisions. And Justin Fields in the NFC North is the leader in the clubhouse, the favorite at plus 250 to be the rushing leader in the division. You can also bet, by the way, 14 to 1 for him to hit that 4,000 plus yards passing mark. But what do you think is, what, what do you think would be more likely, Michael, um, him to be the rushing yards leader in the NFC North or for him to hit that 14, um, for that 14 to 1, 4,000 plus passing yards? And, like, I would say even think, in the next three years. I think rushing is. I mean, look, he's not going to stay healthy, right? It's going to be hard. If he continues to run the ball at the pace that he's running, and if he continues to take sacks at the pace that he does, you know, he had 55 sacks last year, right? He only averaged seven yards per completion when he threw the ball. The year before, he was at 6.93. In two years, he's gone up very little in terms of throwing the ball down the field. And I don't care about what they're telling me coming out of Bears practices or OTA days. Fields is all about what's going to happen when the game becomes faster, when the game becomes live. And I think that's going to be a real issue for him. I think, to me, what I try to do is I'm not anti-fields. What I'm anti is this blowing up this expectations mm -hmm. based on five games that I can't find that he showed or demonstrated that he's playing the position of quarterback, the position of quarterback, the way it needs to be played to execute a really good passing game. Don't worry. And this notion about he Jalen Hurts' second year and his yeah. – it's really, really comical. Yes, I like I've played devil's advocate with you enough on that, but I'm not going to be Femi and go full defensive Justin Fields. Don't worry. But as for the numbers, he had 1143 rushing yards a season ago, just 30 fewer than Dalvin Cook, who, of course, is no longer in the division, but he led the division rushing yards a season ago, followed by Aaron Jones. Both Cook and Aaron Jones did play all 17 games. If not Justin Fields, is there another guy here that you like on the list to lead the NFC North in rushing? Well, you got to think it's Madison, right? You know, if Madison is not, you know, this is part of the problem why we're having this discussion about running backs. Madison is not lower than, not significantly a worse player than Cook. They're very similar. I Cook's better. I would take a shot at Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is still really a good player, and I think they're going to run the football. Now, what worries you is when they split the carries, right? When they split all the carries – it becomes a little bit of a problem, you know, because if A.J. Dillon's running it and Jones, you know, then it's hard to lead the conference, lead the division and run it. Uh, I have a hard time thinking Foreman could stay healthy at 20 to 1. 
you know, it looks enticing because he's such a good runner, but he has a hard time staying healthy. He has a hard time practicing after every single week. So I think that would preclude him from winning the award. From the NFC North to the AFC North, Nick Chubb is a minus 250 odds on favorite to be the division rushing leader. Yeah. But let's say he has an injury, which knock on wood, you obviously hope that that's not the case, but he has an injury or it's an off year or somebody else has a breakout season. As you look at this odds where there's a ton of value on it beyond Chubb, is there a, yeah. a player here you think could really have that big year? Well, I, I think J.K. Dobbins would, although there's a lot of noise coming out of Baltimore that they're going to throw it more. I don't buy the noise. I think Nigel Harris at plus 550. If Pittsburgh has improved their offensive line, we know Pittsburgh wants to have a balanced attack, right? Mm -hmm. And I would have a hard time going against Chubb, as you indicated, Stormy. But I do think Nigel Harris or Dobbins are mixing to me – it isn't worth it because I don't think they're going to run the ball enough. And Lamar wants to cut back on the running. So for it's either Harris or Dobbins here. I think Harris has the best chance because the improved offensive line in Pittsburgh will lend itself for them having more balance in their attack. Yeah, Dobbins back healthy. Najee back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. And we know that he is utilized like crazy. Most touches in the NFL the way that he's used in that offense. Real quickly, last 90 seconds, in the AFC South, we got a former, a pair of former NFL rushing leaders atop the odds board here. Derrick Henry, minus 135. Jonathan Taylor, plus 125. Um, do you like the plus money price on Jonathan Taylor or not worthwhile? I think it is worthwhile. I, I worry that Richardson's going to take some of the yards away from him the way they're going to run the six-back attack, but I do like Taylor. I love Henry. You know, uh, I, I don't think t Jacksonville will run the ball. Damian Pierce at 14-1 to has got good value because he's a good player. He's a really good player. You know, and everybody's counting them out. But if they can run the ball somewhat effectively with the 49ers style of run game that they're going to install with Slovic as the offensive coordinator – I think it lends itself to taking a flyer and put a pizza money on Damian Pierce at 14 to one. I like that. Yeah. It's, I know it's going to be tough sledding and uphill battle for the Houston Texans here in year one of this new regime, but there's a lot of reason for, for optimism yeah. in my mind with the coaching staff that they've put together and, and some of the pieces that they've brought in. So we'll see what happens with the Houston Texans. We've got to take a quick break here. When we return hour two of the Lombardi line. Is that was next. a quick hour stormy. It that did. Was a quick hour. It cruised and we only had one guest. We have two guests an hour too so get ready for that to fly infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 